0: The Face of Latina Professionals propels women of color to reach their highest potential through education, community, and self-development. Join us as we come together to provide a platform for Latina voices to connect and be heard on the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. Today I'm joined by Argelia Martinez, founder of Vida Mia Cocktails. Thank you for being here, Argelia.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: What a pleasure. And we've known each other a little bit, actually started by meeting you at A Face of Latinas Professional event.
1: Yeah, that was around, God, I think it was exactly a year ago. And it was probably one of the first public events that I got the courage to come out um, as I was convinced by a friend to to attend. And here you are. One year later and still (laughs) feeling a lot more fearless. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. No, that's awesome. So tell me about Vida Mia Cocktails and exactly what it is and what you guys do.
1: Yeah, so I founded Vida Mia Cocktails in 2018 as a result of honestly just working at a digital like ad agency at the time. um, I was not happy, I was just looking for something, an outlet to say, like an artistic outlet Um, And when I started Vida Mia Cocktails, um, basically it was a way for me to channel some of my creativity into a brand. Vida Mia Cocktails is a beverage experience brand. And what that means is I create cocktail beverage centered experiences through pop-up events, cocktail kits, catering services. I'm getting ready to launch a mobile a camper that's gonna be serving my beverages um I've had a lot of fun with just the branding as well as doing experiential things um I'm most proud of this year of my first dry January event.
0: Wow, it was at a tea
1: house and it in bucktown um and we did an amazing lounge experience with like zero alcohol a great d j uh d j eddie, eddie v came out we had oh, no bartenders. Way. Um, So I'm really enjoying the way the evolution of the brand is going. But when I started in 2018, it was a way to kind of reclaim almost how the perception of Mexican-Americans are. Because at that time, there was a lot of negative rhetoric Mm. around our community um, coming from a national level. And I really tried to center on talking about Mexican culture and history through the agave I like that. I'm sipping an agave Uh, añejo that you gave me, but it actually is a great entryway to speak about the plant, the biodiversity of the agave plants, the regions where it's from, and talking about the history of production that sends back uh, pre-Hispanic times and it's an endemic beverage to Mexico. So it's provided a great entryway to, to speak about Mexico in a very positive light.
0: Well, I mean, we, there's such a rich aspect to Mexico that people don't really talk about. You, you know, they talk about tacos and tequila, right? But there's uh, the richness to it that comes even from with that as you explore just that alone, and you find, you know, so much more and on that Tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are as a Latina, how you identify, uh, where your parents from and where'd you grow up?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, when you think about Mexico or Mexican, um, you do get this impression, right, of certain perceptions of Mexico, like you mentioned, like taco and tequila, like, oh, yeah. But I think um, I represent a generation of um, kids of immigrants that live in this dual world of... I'm 100% Chicagoan and I identify with my identidad as Mexicana, Latina, um, hija de inmigrantes. I identify with it so much because I had the privilege of traveling to Mexico every summer with my family. They would work all year and all, all out to basically afford a one month trip to Mexico. That was their reward for us and for them to drive, to eventually fly. Um, But we would spend time in Mexico and that has really influenced and shaped the person that I am because of that experience. So when, you, when, I, when I talk about my identity, I very much identify with the Chicago kid that grew up on the north side, knowing Spanish, knowing English, and I've carried that out throughout my professional career. I always say that marketing to me is being a bridge between cultures. It's in the business realm, but it is the ability to be a translator of people. It's the ability to be a translator of insights that I am very privileged to have because I not only identify as Latina, but I also have had the experience of growing out in a Spanish-dominant household. Yeah. So there are certain things that you and I can speak of because of our upbringing and of our lived experiences. So I very much have carried that through um, whenever I show up in the room.
0: I love that. I mean- yeah, you you basically described my entire childhood. So all the way up to maybe we didn't do a full month in Mexico, right? But oftentimes it was like a f- three weeks or whatever. <laughs> that seems like it. But yeah, you you drive down there, you save up all year. We didn't take vacations to like Disneyland or anywhere else. But that was you know North Side of Chicago, speaking Spanish at home, English, you know at, at school or whatever. But that is that's that's a common story, right? And it's not just related to to being Mexican or Latino, but it, it's an immigrant story. Yeah. How for you in terms of what you do and everything that. Just as, as you see, how is that, how have you evolved through that, right? Because it's one thing, I think, as we grow up, to to, to have that um, as a kid, right? It, and you go through life a certain way. For me, it, it kind of tra- uh, like manifested in such a way where I almost saw it as like a, a negative thing, right? I was different. But as I've gotten older, I see it as a superpower, which I know that's something that you refer to it as. Mm-hmm. How have you kind of grown and matured into this duality of—and I also love that you said you're, you're 100% this, 100% that— Not 100% whole You're 200% Right Mm -hmm. So how have you Kind of evolved And seen that As a superpower Maybe differently Than you were Growing up
1: With time right Yeah Like with time, because even if uh, you and I have a thread of uh, similarity of spending time in Mexico, when you're in Mexico, they talk about your accent. They talk about the way you look, even though you try to also simulate um, around family, around cousins. You want to talk like a chilanga. You want to say the slang words and you're still not quite Mexican right but you have a thread that is family right you have a thread of traditions you have a thread of what happens when you go there which goes back to your abuelita taking you to el mercado having tamales there's a thread that is family values I think taking that thread and that be like rituals over to the other side when you're spending 11 months of the year Away, the thread still remains the same, which is your family, your traditions, and having the again privilege of being able to go back and forth that not everyone does have. Yeah. Um, that and having a household where the the matriarch right is very much preserving her own history, brought on by her own generation, trying to hold on to a piece of Mexico, but also kind of being influenced by the experiences. Um, that happen at work. Yep. So I think what's really beautiful is it all goes back to like family and the way that you grew up and the traditions that you uphold by by still embracing and being open to the experiences that you're having here in America, having them being good or bad because you'll feel the color of your skin because of the accent that you carry here too. Or just being able to defend yourself because you can't quite understand the system that is either oppressing you or the system that's taking advantage of you. You always have an instinctual feeling when something bad or something is right. Yeah. And I think that's really important because sometimes it, it definitely takes time to understand that in different scenarios that we've all kind of experienced, whether it's in a professional setting, you know, being a first generation um hija de immigrants, oldest walking into a corporate world you know you're learning you're kind of fending for yourself so you still always hold on to your values and when you kind of instinctually know when something seems off you're taking advantage of it's just a matter of like processing being able to understand like you know how to tackle it by by just sharing that experience but I think as I go, I went back to it, just it takes time to really kind of embrace that duality and understand that it is a superpower and that your voice is one that is valued in the room. And once you give your own self that validation, then others see it too.
0: That's amazing and and you're absolutely right. And it seems like you're, I mean, I saw it that way for myself, but this pioneering, right? Of even though it's a world that's already existed, right? So you talk about corporate, the corporate world or corporate America, and and your background in marketing and advertising. But at the time that you were in it, it probably seemed like no one looks like you or, you know, you go back and and you share these experiences with your family and they're like another world, right? How did you translate that into now today where you really want to empower and help others? How have you used that experience, your journey, to now impact the next generation?
1: I love that question because, again, being uh, the oldest, right, of three girls, being kind of like... The first of having the experience of taking the college experience and the job, I wish I had like la prima mayor that mm-hmm. like showed me the way. And the prima mayor for me was the Sanchez sisters, like the Sanchez family, where my fam my my parents became friends with. Um, an amiga, and they had a you know an older girl, and I always remember her because she's the one that took me to like Northwestern when I was ten years old. Oh wow! And when I think about giving back, like I've always kind of been involved, whether it was through volunteering in college, um, doing I mentor here in Chicago, or doing another tutoring program, like taking other first generation latinas under my wing whether it's through a structured program or telling them about my own experience taking them to college campuses um, those are the things that i embrace and i think um i I was kind of built that way because of how we grew up but then also because other people did that for me so finding a way to give it back um and even now like I um, I did an iMentor program. My student was a junior in high school, and I was so proud when she started to do Dominican University. She did it during the pandemic, which I can't even... I validate every single college student that is going through Um, college, especially as a first generation, because it was hard enough to be there in person. I can't imagine how much harder it is to do that in a virtual setting. You know, and I check in with her, and I ask, like, you know, how are you doing? Like, how are your other, like, friends doing? Um, And just organically, like, there's no structure, there's no formal way, but we just started a Junta de Mujeres. And it's just once a month, and I say, anyone that wants to join, invite them. We'll pick a topic, and it was just organic. And I think just having that presence or knowing that you can rely, again, it's just organic, conversations happen, but having that uh, like, beauty of technology to say, we're going to do it once a month, Google Meets, let's go, I think for me is just the way that like I'm wired. Like, yeah. I want to make sure that someone has someone that they can reach out to when they're in certain situations, because I wish I had that when I was in my 20s, in my early 30s, going through college for the first time. Um, and yeah, that's just one way to kind of being, be able to give back in like a very organic way or whether it's structured, but, um, yeah, that's really, great.
0: that's really great. And I think it's what we're talking about too, how just for me growing up and making these decisions or maybe just not having direction, I felt a lot of it just not having people that I could turn to or that, that feeling of others that have been there before. Right. Do you find that as you're doing these things? The types of the, the topics, the topics of conversation that are coming up, are related to what you saw yourself going through as a kid, or are they changing as the times change? Like, is, is being Latina something different today than it was, you know, 30 years ago when you were 10 years old? That you can say, hey, this is, this is a totally different ball game now. That these girls are going through different times, or is it pretty much the same?
1: Yeah, I think you and I connected on um, just. Growing up with um, just kind of how, how the households are structured and knowing what our options were, and in in a way, in a generation where we didn't have access to a website, right, or like digital, so you know the problems we had then is might have just been because of access of knowledge, right? And what I'm seeing right now is that despite there being uh, data, you know, what like the internet available readily, um, sometimes I think what's similar is the um, the guidance is just the guidance of someone sitting down with you um, and saying, you know, how is things going? Are Are you embracing that class? Does that mean that's something that you wanna maybe like dive into more? And just like the easy access of just saying in terms of guidance, like, do that internship. It doesn't matter if it's in the field that you're interested in now, but you're gonna gain something out of it and it's gonna be a transferable skill. Yep. So the what I'm seeing now is still a similar problem of just that guidance of like pushing you to say, just do it, why not? You have nothing to lose. You're gonna gain something out of it. But I think the issue of just like having data like available, like that's there, but you still need someone to help guide you through like, okay, what do I do with that to like make a better decision that's gonna affect me in the future? Um, And I think the other thing that I'm seeing that is more prevalent now than I think it was before is just this feeling of like, I feel like I'm not adequate because I see these glamorous views of life that are available like everywhere, of um just like how I should be living. And I don't think I needed to like really deal with that because you saw what you saw in front of your face, right? Um, or you heard on the radio or glamorized movies, but you still know it's nonfiction. But I think the issue of mental health and suicide, I think that would that is definitely something that is more prevalent now, especially among Latinas. And it's sad, but I think there was a statistic that I heard like two days ago around the numbers that are high amongst our young Latina groups. And I think that does come from comparison.
0: No, 100% does. It it, it comes from comparison. It comes from social media. I've been saying it a long time for whatever reason, you know, and forgive me whoever's listening, right? But like these filters, right, that you see on like uh, Snapchat or whatever that people are... Are, are putting themselves out there in a way that's not authentic and it's creating an impact on a younger generation who sees it right but I think the, also as I'm hearing then you're right uh, the data part and just how much information is available with no guidance that's something that I saw like i felt like I could just you know sneak one over my parents all the time because they didn't know what questions to ask they didn't go to school here so I could say i you don't know, yeah everything's fine you have any homework No. and just you know not share with them and mm-hmm. they' how could they guide how could they you know be involved so there is kind of that knowingness that needs to happen, but also that you being Latina and having grown up with that, now you're in a place where you're helping others. I'm sure you see that too, right? That you, you talk about Yoli and connecting and the, the the networking groups that you guys are in for Latinas, but now all of a sudden there is a Latina podcast. Now all of a sudden there is this presence, right? How do we bridge that gap between what you see and what's still going on, but create an impact where as a community we can come together and really create something for the younger generation didn't have that, and now say, "Hey, now there's no excuse."
1: I mean, just unifying, right? Unifying the efforts that we're doing and having an impact when we are focused on one issue that we want to solve and putting our resources together. So by having this podcast and making it readily available, like I'm going to want to tell a guidance counselor who is going to give inspirational content to high schoolers or college students. Um, Our friend Yoli, who's doing a lot of education around finances and budgeting and being able to play the stock market like that is something that I think any high school or college student would benefit from. So I think it's a matter of aggregating our resources so that we do come at the problem as a collective, um, and I think that I'm very passionate about that. Not only because of the walks, of the, like the networks I'm I'm kind of like a part of, whether it's the Latinista doing this podcast, like I think we all kind of see like the issues. Um, is it, part of it is just galvanizing together to try and find a way to get at it like in a unified way.
0: It's so true. I mean, it, it comes down to it. I've heard of the crabs in a bucket analogy when they refer to within our community of people pulling themselves down to you know, to get up. And it really comes down to lifting each other up and uplifting one another, right?
1: Yeah. And telling someone like I know someone who would be a great uh, candidate for this podcast. She will then tell her network and then it grows. And I've seen so much of that in the last two years because of the pandemic in trying to just bring resources together as well as just helping each other. I'm a Northside girl. I live in Portage Park, grew up in Portage Park. I come like I have friends that are from all walks of life in Chicago. And just to come out there and like support their communities, whether it's in the Southwest side or doing volunteer work, like I love that because I would never have been able. I would I wouldn't walk just like go to Lawndale and plant a garden, if it weren't for that connection, that human connection yeah. of yeah. someone that I know. And I think doing that more of that, and not just like residing and doing Northside like volunteer work, but like really just putting yourself out there. Um, and in part, like I think that was something that was embedded by going to Depaul and having these volunteer days, like going to um, I don't know, maybe even a Catholic school when you were forced to do volunteer. But I think I've kept that and been able to kind of extend my reach in Chicago. And I definitely encourage that for anyone to, you know, step out of their own neighborhood and just try and understand where resources can be spread in different areas of Chicago.
0: That's so true. And and on that, how do you see also from a perspective of, I think we talked about this a little bit too, it's just, I noticed that Latinos like to hang around with other Latinos, right? And it's comfortable right because oh to speak the same language we kind of fit the same narrative mm-hmm. but if you're really being true to yourself and stepping outside of that you know it's about expanding and going beyond that how do you navigate with that where you are still you know latinista and you have all these associations in the latino community but also are trying to assimilate into what every latino and hispanic person wants right which is to be a part of the american dream There's still those two sides of that that I think haven't quite fully meshed. How do you see that and how have you navigated that?
1: Yeah, that actually really goes in line with the original question too on navigating two worlds because at the end of the day, there's a common thread. And the common thread is that we're all trying to make it. We're all trying to make sure that like we can provide for our own selves as well as for our families and for others. And that is a common thread that exists and really like within our, like anyone that we're surrounded with, I think what's so beautiful about our generation, and even the, the younger generation of generation, I think it's Z now, um, is that we are a collective. I think that we are more aware of where people stand because of social media, right? If you're not having a direct conversation, you are brought to know about a situation that might have happened in one community where there was a loss. There was, you know, something happened. And I feel like going back to like unifying, unifying ourselves as humans and seeing it as that is really where the sauce is, like the sweet, like kind of solution is in unifying under one common problem and understanding like how can we not only bring the resources that we bring based on our own lived experiences, whether it's the experiences of traveling to Mexico, but like understanding that there are other uh, ethnicities like like Koreans or Puerto Ricans even that have that same journey, how can we galvanize against the common problem and try and pull our resources together because we're gonna be stronger for it. Um, the last two years, whether it's because of the known issue that happened with George Floyd really unified all people, yep. mothers, fathers of all races, <laughs> because they don't want their children to ever go through that and be you know, confronted by a cop in that manner. So that issue did really galvanize so many different people from different walks of life, as the issue of like gun violence and abortion will continue to do. So I think if we can talk to each other and galvanize around one issue and bring our resources together, um, we'll continue to be stronger as a result of it.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And on that, I want to thank you for coming in. But what's next for you? What's the vision? What do you hope for for the future? What can we expect from Argelia and the Argelia Martinez brand?
1: Thank you. I'll definitely tell someone about the podcast so that they <laughs> can be a future guest. Um, and right now I'm really focused on two areas right now is um, I definitely have a like a, a personal relationship that I'm trying to grow and like I'm really happy about. Oh. Um, I've met someone a year ago, so that brings me joy. And I think it's important to balance that with with the business, right? So Viva Mia cocktails will continue to grow in the form of a mobile camper, um, being and having that available to show up in, in places with a purpose is where my vision is. So centering amazing um, entrepreneurs that can do beverage pairings with me um, at different locations in Chicago is one area of, of, of growth there. Building a team gets me excited, so having a team to help me with operations as well as being brand ambassadors. And then I'm also very passionate about uh, my marketing job. So I'm there um, you know, w- within the last four years growing a uh, paid practice and advertising. I think that that's gonna grow immensely as I also nurture that team so um i try and do things that bring me joy and those are the things that bring me joy Um, if you don't find me there you might find me teaching a bilingual yoga class or taking one myself (laughs) that's cool Um, but i think it's always great to balance um the things that make you money as well as the things that make your heart happy whether that's through family a relationship or something as simple as doing self-care i
0: love that well all great stuff and 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 you can hear the joy in it so uh it brings me joy and i'm sure it brings others joy and now i want to thank you and thank you for sharing thank you for you know imparting this amazing advice and wisdom but more so just being vulnerable enough to, to be here and share your story
1: thank you for what you're doing it's amazing and i'm rooting for you so um saludos and and thank you for having me again